0: Good afternoon, folks, and thanks for joining us. Welcome to the MMA Sucker podcast. My name is Tim Ween, joined as always by the editor at MMA Sucker, Fraser Crohn. Fraser, how are you doing today, sir?
1: Yeah, all good. It's a uh, it's a slow week for MMA this week. We've got a bit of PFL to look forward to, which I'm personally very excited for. But it's you know it's it's World Cup it's World Cup fever at the moment in across the entire entire globe. And you know, as we probably saw yesterday for. England. They played Iran, won 6-2, but uh, what's important is I think that my UFC dream team would have given uh, Iran a run for their money. So uh, it's uh, <laughs> definitely worth reading that article and seeing you know, just how far my UFC dream team could get in the uh, in the competition.
0: Man, I-, I did read the article. It's a great article and it's great that we finally have the World Cup. It's been delayed since earlier this summer. And yes, we will talk PFL, Bellator, uh, even some UFC, believe it or not. <laughs> We're in between a bunch of good stuff right now. But I feel like I'm um, uh, England is in England basically gets a pass here like they're just going to the next round based on who they're playing,
1: right? Yeah, yeah uh, Having watched the Iran game yet. Well most of the Iran game yesterday I was in, in and out of work and uh, then I managed to watch the USA and, and Wales game I think we breathed through the group which is lucky. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's hopefully, you know, you, you if we uh, you know do quite well get quite far in the competition We've then got you know either UFC Cardiff or UFC London to look forward to in March, which is uh, you know just carry on that momentum through the through the winter, through into uh, into March, and then you know we've got Leon Edwards as champion at the moment. We've got Tom Aspinall still, you know he's he's, he's out at the moment, of course, but he's he's looking to get his way back. We've got Paddy Pimblet on UFC 282, got yeah. Darren Till on 282. So the the state of of English sport not only football, but, uh, you know, mixed martial arts is, is good at the moment. Yes, we had Danny Roberts um, lose this weekend to Jack uh, Maddalena, but uh, uh, in that kind of form, who's not losing to Jack Maddalena? You know, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, he was impressive this weekend, but let's hope that, you know, the Australians don't do quite so well in the World Cup from a selfish uh, point of view. <laughs>
0: Do you think that there is a chance because uh, Leon Edwards and his and I think it's Renegade MMA? They just kind of changed their gym a little bit. Like coaching staff is a little bit refreshed there. What if suddenly they turned around and had a Gracie like dynasty, or had a Nurmagomedov like dynasty that we're seeing? Could you imagine how amazing this would be? That Leon Edwards just you know sails off into the sunset, thirteen title defenses.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened <laughs> for sure. um But no, you know, it, like like you're sort of alluding to there. You know, you've got Leon it's, Edwards who's undefeated since he lost to Kamara Usman the first time back in I think that was 2016. Mm-hmm. You've got Fabian Edwards, his brother, who obviously trains at the, at the same gym. Who I believe won his last fight against Charlie Charlie Ward in, in Bellator. He's been up there in, uh, for Bellator for all of his career, really. He Obviously beat Leota Machida, a um, mm-hmm. you know, good few months ago now. But that's that's a huge win for someone from from uh, from quite a small gym. You know, it's a well-known gym now because of now, yeah. Edwards, but it, it wasn't. It hasn't always been. You know, you've got great british top team you've got you know team Calbon, you've got all the sort of bigger quote unquote gyms and a, a lot of the, the english guys you know travel because there's yeah. not the there's not the bodies here yeah. you've got arnold allen that's that's gone up to um gone up to birmingham to to train a at, at renegade and, and i mean look at what that's done for his career yes obviously the last fight didn't quite go to plan where he, he uh beat Calvin guitar but it was you know the injury but at the end of the day he was yep. winning that he won that first round he looked sharp in that first round
0: yeah team running it's quite good jai herbert's looking like refreshed Jive, yeah
1: exactly yeah
0: like he turned around and it was a completely different fighter in his last fight like it this might actually end up being one of the powerhouse gyms because we always said traditionally we always said unfortunately for mma like you do need to be stateside for the best training in the world and that's largely still true you know, relatively, but it would be really nice if the UK could get a really world-class gym that has replicable, replicable um, uh, you know, fighters. Even in Canada, uh, the one good gym that they have, uh, uh, TriStar, really, it, it's it's just one guy. We're not repeating the results over and over again.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think sometimes gyms, I don't say fail, but they, they, they suffer from having that one guy or one girl that, that gets through the net, as it were. Yeah, we've got you know hundreds of examples. GSP at TriStar, like you say, he was I think the the the, the exception for that gym. Yes, you've got Roy McDonald. Yes, you've got other other fighters that train out of um, TriStar. But yeah. you know, GSP is the name out of that gym. You've got Team Cowbond with Darren Till, the name out of that gym. You've got yeah. I can't remember. I know it's uh, Ed Edmund uh can, is it glendale fight club with ronda rousey yeah i think it was, yeah glendale yeah <laughs> i mean yeah
0: doesn't count it did barely barely count, count you know uh, what but about that you... one irish gym with that one
1: irish fighter i don't even <laughs> nelson trained out of yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. no exactly but you know the the, the the fact the point remains is is that you you have these gyms you know that produce staff att mm-hmm. aka yes you know roof of sport these gyms that are just producing world-class talent after world-class talent after world-class talent after world-class talent and then you've yes. got these gyms that seemingly focus and surround one person one yeah. fighter that they put all their sort of trust and faith in which is you know it's if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Edmund Shabazzian was obviously looking good coming out of Glendale Fight Club and then just fell off a cliff almost. And I think he returns at 282. Um, so it is for for Leon. I think he's got the right people around him that are yes. willing to sort of almost give up their time and give up their potential and their ability to, to make Leon the best that he can be. And I mean, at the moment, he's the best one at 170 in the world.
0: Yeah, it's, an, it's incredible what he's done. And I actually think he hangs on to the title in a, in a rematch. And I hope that gym keeps going. City kickboxing, that's another one where it's it yeah. doesn't seem like one guy. It just seems like that that's a suddenly a good gym uh, coming out from there. Uh, yeah, I mean, the gym's also going phases. Like if this was a few years ago, we would be talking about um, shoote Box. And now yeah. we, really, now we don't, don't really talk about shooting Box at all. It just—it's it, weird that it goes in trends. So in ten years, we're either talking about the the amazing Renegade MMA or like what was that name of the gym? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And I think you know it's the, the it's still the fact that English fighters still do travel. I've seen a lot of English fighters go over to Thailand lately. You know, we'll go on to talk about Brendan Lochne later, but he is. He tra- he goes and lives in Dubai. Lives in Tha- uh, sorry in Thailand. Trains in Dubai now and again, ahead of obviously the PFL this weekend. Darren mm-hmm. Till, we saw that crazy yep. picture. That I mean, if you would have told me this time last year that we'll see a picture of Darren Till in Thailand training with, with Mark Hunt and Mark van yeah, what is it? I this? mean, and then you know he's gone over to All Star in Sweden to train with, um, with 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 Hamza and you know the the Smash Bros and all this. It's it's. UK i think that the UK you know are uh, arguably well i say arguably on paper our most successful fighter michael Bisping, yeah. he had to he had to go stateside he, he obviously trained yes. almost for as long as he could in in the UK and then had to go and train with jason perillo at the uh whatever his gym's called jason perillo's R V C but you know <laughs> yeah. but you know oh, he gosh. he had to go stateside to to really take his career to that next level and look his last three fights, yes, the Calvin Gastelum one is what it is, but his last three fights were all title fights. Yeah. He's clearly improved, you know. Yes, he got the opportunity on short notice, but he grabbed that opportunity with both hands. Yeah. Then he beat Dan Henderson back at home. Then he obviously lost to GSP in that sort of almost money-making fight in MSG. But on paper, there is is three. well, not even on paper, they are his three biggest fights. And they oh, came yeah. at the, the back end of his career when he, he's moved over to America to... uh to train so i think the uk is still far behind but the sport is still in its infancy you know if we compare this to to football the us is far behind the uk and and yeah. and, and england you know and it's because football's been going for how you know for hundreds and hundreds of years mma is professional mma as a job as a professional licensed sport is I'd say no more than, you know, 30 years old. The UFC is, what, 26, 27 years old? Yeah. So, you know, it's still in its infancy, and we're still, you know, we're seeing fighters come through now. We see, you know, Raul Rosso is is on UFC 282. He's 17 years old. People are beginning to train MMA, not boxing, or, you know, I can maybe make a bit of money in MMA, Holly Holm, home, you know. People are beginning to train MMA. Rory Macdonald was really the first one that we saw came come through in the in the sort of big leagues, as it were, that, that trained MMA. Mm. And you know, I think that's that's what a lot of UK-based fighters now are, are, are starting with MMA. Yes, they might do it. You know, they might get into it from kickboxing, but they've never competed in kickboxing. It's oh, I'll go to a kickboxing class, and now I'll, I'll take up MMA. And you know, we're progressing through. So hopefully, you know when we're still doing this podcast in 20 years, we'll have a uh, far more UK based, UK based champions because we will have caught up with, you know, we've got the facilities, we've got the money. And I think there's a lot of hot prospects coming out of the UK at the moment. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an exciting time, but like, like I say, it's, we're quite far behind the US still.
0: Do you th- do you think there's a possibility where, because uh, it seems like, there there are just certain countries that do MMA and do MMA at a proper level. The U.S., Brazil, Russia. Russia's kind of a surprising one that they, like, skipped over the U.K. and just, like, really got ahead in the last little while here. Uh, U.K. has an opportunity, absolutely, to become... Uh, a powerhouse in this but i do feel like the usc does need to come back to cardiff because there's rabid fans here the fans are, in the uk are the best in the world like the us needs to step out of the us or sorry the usc needs to step way out of the us because i think most of the fans whenever they go back to brazil whenever they go back to russia anything like that fans are amazing there like you gotta exactly. come back to cardiff you got you can do some random just like neighborhood in london it's great you're gonna exactly. sell out
1: and and luckily this weekend we've heard from dana to say look we're in the new year in 2023 we're looking to step out of the apex we're looking to do more live shows because the apex was phenomenal for what it it was when the lockdown was on when you couldn't leave your house when covid was rife Mm. you've got a a purpose-built specific arena where you can manage who goes in who goes out you make all the money from the from the uh all, all the money goes back into the company, as it were. Obviously, it goes to the fighters, but, you, you know, you don't have to rent out a, a, an O2 Arena, an MSG. Yeah. Yeah. It was spot on for what we needed it at the time. Yep. But we've seen now that we don't need to be going back to the Apex every, you know, we had 280, uh, two, UFC 280, yep. massive crowds in Las Vegas. And then we've gone back to the Apex and then we've had MSG, massive crowd in MSG. Then we've gone back to the apex. It feels very, very up and then all the way down and then, and then all the way down. And we've seen from fight nights, you know, the two fight nights in London have have produced some unreal phenomenal fights. You know, the, the, the pay-per-view card in Singapore with Glover and Jerry. Unreal. One, obviously the the second fight is coming in a few weeks, but when, when we go on the road as the UFC, it, it delivers. We've yeah. seen it deliver. I mean, the PFL have overtaken the UFC. They went to Cardiff. They went to London. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're at, on the road. You know, they're they're at MSG this weekend. They're they're doing their shows in front of crowds. And it's you know like like I say, luckily this weekend day, this week Dana said, look, we're 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 progressing out of the apex again, and and that's what we need. And and you know, it's an exciting time because there's nothing, nothing like. UFC MMA with fans yeah and and I you know personally I think I mean this weekend we were talking off air and obviously we'll go into it now but it was a little bit of a sort of a damp card and it didn't it it wasn't the best card on paper anyway let alone when the main event got pulled I mean what was it two three hours before it was they were meant to make the walk something like that yeah 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 yeah,
0: yeah. like there was no one. there was no energy behind it anyway people weren't interested people weren't clamoring for it like no. the, if you look on social medias at the, at the uh, like instagram pages that really dedicate themselves to this they weren't talking about this fight night at all they weren't oh, exactly. like there was no mention of it there were, we were still talking about Pereira we were even talking about Usman uh, or Miklomadov but we certainly nobody was talking about this fight night
1: yeah for sure and you know it, and that for me that speaks volumes you know the UFC it started off really well with Natalia Silva, That spinning back kick KO. Yes. And we were thinking, nice. Let's let's go. Let's you know we're gonna grab this energy and we're gonna run with it. And oh. then we had what seven, eight decisions in a row. Then we had Jack della Madalena, Muslim Salakov. Then mm. we had the the heavyweight fight, which in my opinion could have been stopped. It didn't need to go 15 minutes. Jay Sherman was just getting beaten up. <laughs> and then, then we had the, the 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 main event, the new main event. Obviously, Derek Lewis was pulled from the fight. Yeah, mere hours before he was meant to make the walk. And you know, I, I messaged you and said, "Look, on today's pod, can we talk about backing up main events? Because they they do it for title fights, they do it for pay per views. What would be the the harm in having a fighter weigh in, especially especially at heavyweight? Yeah, you know." What would be the harm in having a fighter weighing in and just being on call just in case anything happens? That you know, in, in case any of the fighters, obviously, heavyweights slightly different, but you know, next week we've got Kevin, uh, Kevin, uh, sorry, yeah, next week, not this coming weekend, the weekend after, we've got Kevin Holland versus Stephen Thompson. What well, yeah. if one of those misses weight or has a really bad weight cut? I
0: know. We we know. want
1: a, in my opinion, or. or I know for a fact this will not happen because the UFC do not want to pay fighters to fight, <laughs> and it's almost an irrelevant conversation. But it's a point for discussion. Is you know this weekend Spivak versus Lewis, there wasn't a great clamoring for it anyway. But then when, oh it, God, got, no. when it got when got cancelled, we almost missed the fight, in my opinion. And you know it's it's Sergio Spivak that I feel feel for because he, I don't know what his contract is. Let's say he's on say fifty and fifty. He's missed out on a potential fifty grand win bonus. Yeah. Which is huge. That's a huge amount of potentially life changing money for Spivak. He's gone through his whole camp. This fight, because there wasn't the clan before it, probably won't get no, no. rebooked. No, probably not. But what what would be the harm in having uh, Alexander Romanov, uh, a Chris Dalkus, a Marcin Tybora weighing in? Okay, Derek yeah. loses out of the fight on Fight Night, right. Romanov, yes, you're in. You you gotta, you know. I think you, you've obviously there's got to be a cut off point of you can't jump in you know ten minutes before he's meant to make the walk, but yeah, but you know especially with Derek Lewis he's got he's got a, a history of this. He pulled out of the fight with Fabrizio Verdoom on the night of, and then Walt Harris stepped in. He's yeah. pulled out of fights where he's got you know he's pulled out of fights before at very late notice. So why not sort of? back up the main event in this situation and you know perhaps the backup fighter doesn't get paid is 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 show money perhaps they get paid you know if if obviously if you show you get paid your show money plus 10 grand for stepping in on late notice but if you don't if you're not needed you know maybe we pay you 20 percent. all you've done is is, sure. is is weigh in and i know that's a tough bit of the sport but all you know you haven't had to fight you've gone through a training camp it, it is what it is but you, yeah. missed, you 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 limit or, or eradicate the the cancellation of a main event cuz let's let's be honest it was it, i thought it was a good fight but kennedy and juku nailed it yeah. i i would i would butcher it but yeah kennedy yeah. versus Kutalaba. i'll call him kennedy yes. for for Perfect. his own uh, for for my own for my own sake but yeah is not a main event fight. It was a oh, really yeah. good fight. I thought it was really good. I thought the finish was phenomenal after losing the first round. He's come back. He's landed that knee as Kutalab has changed levels. Hmm. That's not a main event fight. No. I thought <laughs> coming off the back of one of the better fights of the year, or fight cards of the year, sorry, when you've had two, two title fights and a, and a fight of the year contender – and then you've got this as the main event. And I know, no disrespect to these guys, but they they know that they're not main event fighters. Hence why they were the co-main event. Yes, it's a dicey co-main event. It's a I'm dicey
0: honest. co-main.
1: <laughs> you know, if I'm honest, but you know,
0: well, I, I completely agree with you. If, like, it seems so basic and so simple. of something that we've been talking about for years and years. Of like, I don't know how the USC they they learned it so slow. Of to have a backup way in. And even if they had another fight on the card of like, okay, so this guy, you know, another middleweight is fighting. If this middleweight title fight drops out, we have the middleweight backup because mm-hmm. he's fighting on the card. That's fine. That's not a big deal. I do really like what they did at UFC 280. It just seems so late. You guys have existed. Zufa, the Zufa buyout is almost 20 years old now. This organization, this administration with the UFC has existed for so long and they haven't learned those lessons, but they learned them; they learned them so slowly because... The UFC 280 with Alexander Volkanovsky was such a boon because Volkanovsky had nothing to do. So the only thing he was doing was working with the marketing team. He was out there on, he was the guy on social media more than the main event fighters. He gave interviews to every organization because there was nothing for him to do. So it's such a, he was a great backup. That's a great benefit. But in terms of this is a marketing prize fighting ploy, you just have some guy who's itching to fight, giving interviews to media members. This is such a win-win-win situation for everybody. Even, like you said, pay him 20%. That's actually not a big deal. That's, I think most fighters would jump at that opportunity. I'd are sure. paying for your flight to uh, Brazil this time or Abu Dhabi this time. Just be on weight. 20%. If you need to fight, of course, it's
1: 100% of your pay, all that good stuff. But yeah, they, they, they learn these lessons so slowly. But look at what it's done for Volkanovsky as well. Yeah. He's now got the opportunity to go be a double champ. And that you get the benefits of being that guy who... Who weighs in for no reason? I know. Hypothetically, you know, like I say, look at what he's done for Volkanovski. You got the instant headline of Makachev wins, but he instantly goes after Volkanovski. Volkanovski's a talking yeah. point. How many more? Yes, the, with the fight announcement aside, how many more headlines have we seen from yeah. Volkanovski than we have of Charles Oliveira? Charles Oliveira has almost fallen off. You know, we haven't really heard much from Charles Oliveira. Volkanovski said right in the limelight. He's been on aerial. He's been on this. He's been on that. You know, and it clearly pays. It it yes. it, it matters, and especially for a fight card as you know. No disrespect to any of the fighters on the card, but as as shallow as this, if you yeah. I've just pulled up the the Holland Thompson card. Let's hope that that doesn't fall off. But if one of those two fighters falls off, we've got RDA in the co-main event who's going to weigh in at one seventy, or Brian Barberena who's going to weigh in at one seventy. One of those can jump into the main event. And that alone, you know, you've got a former champion, former title challenger in RDA who can step into the main event. He's a main event fighter. It's fine. Further down the car, you've got Taito Avassa, who has headlined an event in his last fight and is always exciting. Derek yeah. Brunson versus Jack Amanson, both of these guys headlined events before. You've got, you know, Clay Guida on the card who can jump into a co main event and make it interesting. Mark Giacchese, who can jump into a co main event and make it interesting. You know, these Amazing. guys, there are names on this card and you know you've got angela hill who i believe that you know suffered the same sort of fate as it were where she had to step into a main event spot in in recent times a while while back
0: and angela hill is one of the had one of the most interesting careers of anyone
1: in the recent times (laughs) does angela hill win every fight absolutely not she's got a 14 and 12 record have you heard of angela hill yeah pretty much every every (laughs) Every fan, every media member, well, every media member has, of course, but pretty much yeah. every fan has yeah. heard of Angela Hill. And you've got a girl, you know, again, I'm going to have to be careful with the pronunciation here, Yasmin uh, She. You couldn't made... have picked an easier one. You couldn't have picked exactly. one of the,
0: you couldn't have picked Emily. You picked Yasmin. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> but she made a UFC debut on the main card. And yeah. now she's the first that she's a curtain jerker on the on the uh on, on the on the pre on on the on the fight night card. That doesn't make sense to me, but she no. ha- she grabbed the opportunity and now she's in the UFC. She debuted on the main card, now she's a curtain jerker. It's you know, it's it's strange that we're still not you know backing up fights with 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 weak cards. You know, no, no again, no disrespect to these guys, but. They won't. They, they don't need to back up this main event next in, in a week's time, because, because the a co-main game. event's strong. The, one yep. of the co-main event can go. Either either do that or put another heavyweight fight on the card. So whatever your co-main, whatever your main event, always put another fight of. You know we we had Chase Sherman on the card. Why they didn't put maybe a Chase Sherman or or DeCosta or, or a Costa in the main um. event slot. Why just cancel that fight altogether? You I know, know. still—I I, know—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a confusing one for me. But you know, it is what UFC going to UFC like we always say.
0: They're just they, uh, it's so slow to learn the lessons that uh, that just like it, it, this is even if we're we're saying at Boris you're paying a guy twenty percent, just pay him, just pay him, and it saves your main event slot. And then if he doesn't, you get a guy doing interviews all week with media members. It's such a win-win-win situation overall. Like, it's just such an easy thing. Like you said, put another same weight on it. I don't get it. I don't know. Anyway, this weekend we had uh, Bellator 288. And this is one thing I want to talk about. The the uh, the Nurmagomedov dynasty. They've got an undefeated champion in Bellator. They've got an undefeated champion in the UFC. They've got undefeated fighters in one championship. Where's our Sakuraba who's going to beat this dynasty? can there be one is it? Is there a style out there that can actually counter this top position uh destruction this this like lifetime of wrestling that can, Is there someone who can beat this not someone is there a style that can beat this
1: the style is the style that they use yeah and, <laughs> yeah, you gotta... and, and they they're the only guys that can do it that effectively you know yeah. just how'd you beat a a, a kabib you put an islam Hakachev in there with him who can defend takedowns and is willing to go to the ground? How do you defeat a Makachev with a khabib? How do you meet as an, Noma an, 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 an with a khabib style fighter? <sighs> you know, patriki Pitbull is no slouch on the ground, and he was battered. I think I was yeah. a 10-8 in there. He was it wasn't close. Yeah, there was there was no, he was never winning that fight after the first two rounds. After the first three rounds, it was clear that you know it could have it could have been stopped. He was never getting back into that fight. And yes, you know, Patricky Pitbull isn't the he's not the be all and end all. He's not the, the he's not even the best brother in that. You know, he, he lost to no. uh, you know he's lost two of his last. But well, uh, heading into it, he lost two of his last three, and his only win came against Peter Queeley, who again himself isn't top of the top of the tree, but. I don't think you can take, you know, Usman Nurmagomedov can only beat what's in front of him, and Petrki Pitbull was in front of him, and he dominated him. You know, he yeah. finished his, it, it, the three prior to this. He all finished. He finished all of them by um, stoppage. This one, he probably could. It could probably could have been stopped, but he just dominated that fight, and it was surprising to me how, you know, I picked him going in, of course, but surprising yeah. how dominant he was. He,
0: yeah. Oh, amazing! It he, he was yeah, flawless. It'll had.
1: No, no, I just I just wanted to echo your point. Who who no one in Bellator beats no. him. No. And you know does that say more about Bellator? You know, AJ McKee is probably the, gonna be next in line. He didn't look good in his, his lightweight debut. You know, he beat um he beat Spike Carlyle by decision. Yeah. He's got a dangerous guard, but you need more yeah. than a dangerous guard to beat these guys. And you know, I don't see anyone beating him. And is it is it time that we spoke about Nemogomedov coming over? But he he won't ever come over to the UFC because why would he? You know, no. He's not going to challenge for a UFC title unless he moves up in weight because Islam Magomedov's teammate is 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 the king at at one seventy uh, at one fifty five. Sorry, so it's it's difficult. But what I also think is interesting about this entire card, you know, we had Nemkov dominate Corey Anderson as well. That, that was surprising, but, but well,
0: this is what we expected from their first fight. We thought exactly. it would look like this, yeah,
1: exactly. And you know, almost, almost stopped him. Almost knocked him out in that, in that the very end of the was it the first round or the second round with that spinning wheel kick. It's just crazy. But this weekend, the UFC by possibly not backing up their main event have really let themselves down because Bellator, yes, all the headlines Bellator, okay. they 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 captured it and they they just. For want of a better word, they dominated the UFC in the news cycle. They beat them in the news cycle. Exactly. You know, we've got the the two sort of main talking points: the Nurmagomedov and and Nemkov. But then they've they've backed that up with the fight announcement of Nemkov versus Yoel Romero in you know sometime next year. I can't quite remember when they, they announced it for. And then they've backed that up with Fedor's retirement fight. Pretty good. They they were just they found the spark that they needed. And they just put more wood on the fire, and it—you know—they—they they have smashed this week, and with with no UFC and no Bellator this week, yes, the headlines are going to be PFL, but the headlines are still going to be Bellator. There is no, there is no UFC headlines aside from maybe the James Krause being banned stuff. That, yeah, that that anyone's going to really cotton onto because there's there's nothing going on this week for the UFC, and they've they've missed a the trick in my opinion. By almost allowing Bellator to just just run with it, and, and fair play to Bellator and Scott Coker, you know they've done really well. I'm a little bit surprised too that they they
0: won the news cycle that handedly, and and going forward, like it, it, those are the weeks where they really need to step on the gas bellator one championship pfl like we're seeing it last weekend a little a little bit was almost an accident this weekend we're seeing everybody jump in and try to host like events this weekend um ufc 282 yeah there's nothing for a while like it, even the the holland thompson one's not a major card ufc 282 is not until december 11th so uh, that's why we're seeing so many ones and PFLs and Bellators in the next couple of weeks here, because there's, there's no UFC. And those are the gaps that they need to fill. If there's no UFC, there's so much UFC now. It's almost weekly. It's per- almost to every week there's a UFC. There's an opportunity where there's no UFC. You have to be in there. You've got to win that news cycle, right?
1: Exactly. And I think, I think in a way that one championship would be that one to take the sort of shine off, off Bellator, but because they have these midweek cards, it, first it really it, of all, a lot of people know. sort of breeze over them. Almost, you know, I, I say know. midweek it's is it Friday, Friday, Thursday night, Friday night card. For, with, for us with... in for us in
0: Europe, it's super weird. It's like Friday four a.m. and then Saturday ten a.m. Exactly. So it's super weird for us here so, in the UK. Exactly,
1: and it's it's you know they had huge names on on the 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 yes. Thursday, Friday card. You know, you had Rod yeah. Tang, Christian Lee. That comeback was phenomenal. You know, yeah. absolute quality. Uh, Cosmo Alexander, who people have yes. heard of, Jonathan Haggerty from a UK perspective, Danielle Kelly, who yeah. you know, that was easy for Danielle Kelly. You can I watch know. if you've missed it. Just go on Twitter, search her name, because it lasts all of it's like two minutes, a it's minute and like a half, black. two minutes, and yeah. she just dominates the girl she was fighting and she, she shouldn't, she shouldn't, on paper she shouldn't dominate, she should dominate, she should win but do not dominate like that, come on like we're talking, it wasn't even close. Her, yes. her opponent was a
0: combat sambo, like exactly. multi-time champion, like it's, it's a good one, also for hardcores Bibiano Fernandez was fighting on the card every time course, I see yeah. him I'm like the dream champion is still fighting, Bibiano Fernandez is out here still, exactly. 42 years old, oh man he does need to retire, however, good for him
1: Exactly, yeah. you know, like you say, it's probably time, and and that that performance probably showed it. But then, you know, you've got the the second one championship card, which I think people are kind of tired of. Almost, in a way, in a way, you know, know, spread them out a little bit. We had yes. <laughs> this this fight had Okami on it.
0: I know, no, I know, I know. On this card.
1: Yeah, Shinya Aoki <laughs> fought on this card. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I Shinya Aoki
0: to... got murdered. He had no like Shinya Aoki shouldn't be fighting strikers anymore. This is this is no. I Shinya Aoki hasn't been in his prime since like he got beat up by Gilbert Melendez and Bellator. Like it's been more than ten years since he was a notable, really good fighter. It has been way too long since since he was worth talking about. And I just feel bad to see him get pummeled like this. And it's like Sakuraba. Most of his career, he was bad. There was more length of time that he was bad than he was actually good but I don't like seeing his brain get hit this much.
1: At his age as well. It's, uh, you know, one championship supposedly do so much to protect their fighters with weight cutting and whatnot. And then they said, sure. man, I'd go in there with a striker. That's just going to knock your head into next week. It's like, Whoa, where, where are we standing on this? Where are we? Are we protecting the guys? Are we fucking the guys up? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no in between. There's no, let's let them wake cut. which I'd be interested to discuss this briefly. I think. Yeah. It? Seven, eight fighters all miss weight. We had to have a cancellation on the card itself. The the first one championship card. So, you know, are they doing things the right way? It's it's difficult, you know. It's, it's when you've got that many fighters missing weight, it's a bad look for one championship. Or well, missing the, yeah. the hydration. It, was it hydration? I, I get a little bit yeah. confused with one because they weigh in constantly, don't they? They're weighing in every so yeah. often before the fight.
0: Yeah, it was John Wayne Parr, who was the one who really peeled back the curtain of how he was not complaining because he's a really happy person. Just like that's his natural self. But John Wayne Parr did an Instagram post where he was talking about of like, so I missed man, I forget, too. But yeah, he missed hydration. So he's Mm -hmm. like, so I need to go drink a cup of water, which is going to put weight on. So I need to lose that water that I just put on, but I still need to hold enough water that I can make hydration. So I think there's a couple of things here. What they want to do is make sure that you're not dehydrated when you make weight because they want your safety to be paramount. Because in 2015, I think they had a person pass away due to cutting too much weight. It, and, and that can happen. That That's a really serious thing in MMA that we don't ever talk about is that weight cutting
1: is deadly. Actually, we talk about it all the time. Yeah.
0: Everybody knows this. This is a weekly.
1: However, we, we, we do... talk about it, but the the bigwigs and the executives just, oh, well, it's a part of the sport.
0: They waited until someone died before they did anything about it. However, so the idea is that you are not dehydrated, so we're going to do a quick blood test to make sure you have enough water. At the same time, you're making weight. And you have to make both. And people miss all the time. Rodeng misses all the time. Jonathan Haggerty has basically never made both at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, They've had canceled fights just this past week due to this happening all the time. Uh, It's very, I think philosophically, it makes a lot of sense. In execution, it's really, really hard to do because, again, if you miss one, you have to go either cut more water or you have to drink more water, putting on more weight. It's just like, you know, it's just, it's, it's very hard to find a double isn't it? it yeah. it's,
1: you're, you're hydrated for the 10 minutes that you need to pass the hydration test. And then suddenly you're, you're trying to get that water that you just got off. But I, for me, I think that a safer way to do it would just be to have people constantly weigh in. So, you know, let's say a month out from the fight, the rule is that you have to be, within 10 within i don't know 10 5 of your your fight weight Yep. so you gradually bring it down and bring it down and bring it down through dieting rather than yep. you know you get to let's say a 170 uh, pound fighter you, rather you get to 190 on fight week uh, on mm-hmm. the week before fight week you cut to 180 and then you just absolutely deplete yourself it's yeah. not safe we know it's not safe we've seen it not be safe we've seen people miss weight we've seen people barely make weight and then yeah. it affect their their performance comes to mind Aspen lad versus Jermaine Durand me the first shot that she got hit with in 16 seconds into the fire and it was over yeah. you can't tell me that's not because she she you know I don't want to get out of bed when I feel a bit rough these people have got to go and fight in a cage for up to 25 <laughs> minutes you know it's it's dangerous it for want of a better word it's dangerous and you know, we thought that one championship were maybe doing it the, the, the right way by forcing yeah. their, their fighters to, you know, you have to be hydrated or we're, or you'll fail the test. But I didn't know that, you know, it wasn't as sort of strict as they make out. Obviously, you alluded to it there with Jonathan Haggerty missing, essentially never making both weights. But it's... Either have it or don't. Do you know I mean, either have Jonathan Haggerty making the hydration test then making the weight. If he fails one, give him, you know, an hour, two hours to, to make the make the weight. If not, cut him from the event. You know, it it's and then you you'll start seeing people make weight safely and a lot more often. If we if you say we're gonna cut you from we're gonna take you off this event, you're going to lose your money because you haven't yeah. stuck to your contract, people are not going to miss weight as often. Yeah. Because there's, at the moment there's no sanctions. There's no, there's no, um, there's no sanctioning body, and there's no consequences at the moment for missing weight. Yes, you lose twenty percent of oh. your purse. Well, but if you, if you win, you you double your your, fine. your purse anyway. It, it's like, well, you know, start finding these guys fifty percent of their purse. Start finding these guys like we say said a couple of weeks ago. Start knocking off a point in the first round. They start yeah. the, the maximum points they can win in the first round is nine. Yeah. And so, you know, even if they absolutely dominate the first round or, or even if they win the first round convincingly, clearly, it's still only a 9-9. Nine, nine. So you're equal going into the second round. It, mm. it, it, You know, something needs to be done. But, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's probably going to, uh, you know, a little foreshadowing of my sort of hopes and dreams for 20, uh, 2023 pieces. We need to address the weight-cutting issue because, you know, it's – I mean, you can't tell me that Derek Lewis, who cuts to heavyweight, wasn't affected you know yes he had a medical issue it's still yet to come out I think what that medical issue was specifically but we need to we need to address it it's ridiculous it's ridiculous for what for what how how people are missing weight and the you know we'll go on to talk about the PFL now they have to make weight you know pretty much you know the top four fighters on this card Kayla Harrison Larissa Pacheco Brendan Loughnan and Bubba Jenkins all had to make weight on the twentieth of on the nineteenth of August, as as did Dakota Ditchiver, who who obviously also fought on that that card. Mm-hmm. That's not a long time ago to have cut weight, put the weight back on, fought, gone back into training camp, cut the weight again. You know, it's, yeah. these guys are doing it properly because they're keeping their weight low or or close to what they need to be. Yeah, it's, it's dangerous, but you know, these guys are doing it properly and professionally.
0: Yeah, well, weight cutting. Yeah, I don't entirely know. Like, I I do want to tell people of like have a height restriction because even Alex Pereira is one of those like he he's a heavyweight by the time he gets to the middleweight fight. Twenty four hours later, there is stuff like that, but it, it is a weird thing that sometimes you have weigh ins. I don't know. With wrestling, they used to have same-day weigh-ins. So if you had a three-day wrestling tournament, you had to be on weight all three days. And Frank Trigg was like, yeah, you're dead by the end. Like you're, You don't even have strength left if you have to make weight three days in a row. I'm not even sure if that's the right thing. I'm not sure if that would de-incentivize people and force them to go up in weight. Because people, if you have the potential and it makes a difference for your pay that you have a size advantage or a strength advantage over Frankie Edgar, you're going to take that. You're not yeah, like, sure. yeah, like I, I, I'm bigger <laughs> than Frankie Edgar, but for some reason we made weight yesterday somehow we're the same size. No, like clearly we're all bigger than Frankie Edgar, for example. Uh, We're always going to take that advantage. So I'm not sure if there is like philosophically, yes, there is a way to fix it, but we've never, it's never worked. Like even in boxing for years and years and years, we have seen guys from weight classes get bigger and bigger and bigger over time because they've gotten better and more efficient at cutting weight. Uh, For example, Muhammad Ali was six one at heavyweight. His grandson is six one at middleweight. They're the same size. These guys are yeah. the exact same size. Just exactly. one knew how to cut weight really well, so he has a bit of a size advantage. But like everyone's doing it, I don't know if there is a way to de incentivize this. The,
1: the only the only way I think it could come in is rehydration clauses in yeah. the contracts. So, like we saw with Darren Till when he fought in Liverpool, he missed weight when he fought Stephen Thompson, but he couldn't. That was a one seventy pound fighter. I don't think he could weigh more than one. 180 yeah. on on the day of the fight that would force people to come down naturally in weight yeah and then not put on too much weight maybe not 10 pounds because that's not a lot at all you know that's maybe let's say 50 you can't go more than 15 pounds above the weight that you fight you're fighting at or so, a percentage yeah. yeah yeah so so for alex Pereira, i think we saw it he seemed, was almost 230 or something like exactly, that. Exactly, <laughs> 230, weighing in at 185 the day before. Or 18, yeah, well, the title fight, wasn't it? So 185, yeah. 184. Yeah. Let's say that he can't weigh any more than 200 pounds on the night. And it's oh. just, it just makes it a fair... And you could tell in that fight specifically, he was massive in comparison yeah. to um, Israel Adesanya, who doesn't cut... I mean, he cut a bit more weight, but he doesn't cut a lot of weight to, to make middleweight. And, you know, we've got weight classes for a reason we saw Israel Adesanya versus Jablahovic it was a size issue on the ground that Jablahovic yeah. was just able to dominate Israel Adesanya let's stop this from happening because it's it, it's more than anything it's just unfair it's yeah. just i mean it's it's who can cut the most weight who, which of the biggest guys can cut the most weight and it's you know and get away with it and then you know put on that weight within 24 hours because it's 24 to 36 hours that they're fighting after the fact it just doesn't make sense to me
0: oh i know and one champion again like philosophically i love what they're doing the hydration is the right idea they have their wings 36 hours before the fight 30 36 hours i have a day and a half to go eat chinese food and burgers and i'm back in what are we talking about here? So philosophically, yes, we should be doing a lot more things, and there's a lot more to be done. And even with um, USADA, like, people are, USADA's <coughs> at your house all the time. They're always visiting fighters. Could you guys just do a quick way? Just check while you're there?
1: Yeah, exactly. And we'll figure yeah. it out
0: from there. But I, you know, I don't know if the UFC, this, maybe this is the bigger picture kind of thing, because if the UFC does something, all the other leagues will start doing it as well. Maybe the UFC straight up just doesn't care. Because yeah. this, this is like, it doesn't make any difference. Essentially, we're setting up a system where more main events are canceled. We're setting up a system where more guys don't
1: make it to fight night. Why would we want this system, right? And it's setting up more issues than, than, than solutions, yeah. in my opinion. We wouldn't be talking about Aspen Ladd losing to Jermaine Durandami in 16 seconds if she hadn't had a savage weight cut. We, yeah. we wouldn't have those comparisons of, oh my God, look how big Conor McGregor is now. If he hadn't used to cut to 145, he's probably about 190 at the moment, if not yeah. more. <laughs> and he doesn't look unnatural at the weight. He looks big, but he doesn't look, you know, we're used to seeing him skinny yeah. with no no muscle, no fat. Well, I, I think I almost looked, what
0: you're saying is like his featherweight run was BS
1: because he had too much of a size advantage. Exactly. And maybe you, you could make that argument. Exactly. And not only was it that, you know, he, he carried. He's he's the rare sort of example of someone that carries their power when they cut weight. Yeah, he does. Which he not really everybody can. does. You know, Frankie Edgar had pretty. Yeah. You know, he, he had knockout power at um at one fifty five. He had knockout power at one forty five. Didn't carry down to one thirty five. No. You know, he knocked Chad Mendes dead at one forty five, and then you know he yeah he's been land he's the past. However, many years he's been fighting at bantamweight—what what, year and a half, two years—he didn't quite carry down to to one thirty-five. And the no, same with T.J. No. Dillashaw, his ability to take a shot when he cut all that weight down to 170, uh, one seventy, one oh. twenty-five, gone. Yeah, it it it's not for me. It's not logical. It doesn't doesn't quite work. And you know why guys are doing it? I I don't know, but the opportunities maybe just aren't there outside of the UFC, to cut weight, to to compete in a different weight division. You know, Kayla Harrison and Larissa Pacheco this weekend at the PFL. Let's do it. Let's jump in. Let's do it. They're course, fighting they're at lightweight. It's Kayla Harrison fight week, guys, but they're fighting Dude. at lightweight. And the lightweight division in women's MMA is non-existent. They are the only lightweight fighters in, in, you know, Cyborg can make it, yes. Amanda Nunes can make it, yes. But there's not a division in any organisation where it's like the sort of headline division. With the CFL, Kayla Harrison and Larissa Pacheco are headlining the main event this Friday night because she is the biggest name, not because it's a competitive division, because she's the biggest name on the card. I know. And, you know, it's frustrating in a way, but at the same time, you know.
0: She's the PFL name. She's the biggest name in the PFL, even with Fabrizio Overdoom and Rory McDonald and a bunch of other cool fighters. It's the Kayla Harrison show.
1: And rightfully so, because she is dominant. She is a phenomenal fighter. She's an exciting fighter. She speaks really well. She yes. has time for the media, you know. I oh, spoke yeah. in uh, at uh PFL 9, was it in PFL? Well, PFL London, I call it, you know, when they went to the Copper Box and I was there with OMA with Sucker. mm mm-hmm. she's a genuinely nice person. She's really good with the media but sometimes you get guys and girls that are really good with the media who aren't great at fighting. Kayla Harrison dominates people. Yeah. And yet I think this weekend is going to be without a doubt the toughest fight of her career. Larissa Pacheco is in a phenomenal run of form. Since losing to Kayla in, I think it's the twenty. 19 tournament yeah obviously 2020 was called off 2021 was a strange one and then now we're back on the sort of regular season as it were in the playoffs she scored five knockouts all of which in the first round yes she's beaten the same girl twice and the <laughs> girl that she beaten twice had no business being in there with her five first round knockouts in a row she's the heavier, she's without a doubt the heavier hitter. And I've written a piece on on Kayla Harrison and Larissa Pacheco that will allow, uh, I'll be probably publishing today actually, thinking yeah. with it being a Friday, Friday card. But Kayla Harrison's got to be really careful because we know what Kayla wants to do. She's a two time Olympic gold medalist in judo. She wants to yeah. close the distance, get it in the clinch, get it to the floor, hip thrower, you know, drag her to the floor and dominate on the floor. No elbows. That's the most important thing. No elbows at all on for Kayla, which Stupid. you know that's an argument for another day. But she's got to be super careful closing distance on Larissa Pacheco because she could Larissa could knock Kayla out easily. Mm-hmm. As the five girls or four girls that she's knocked out prior prior to this fight. Yep. Yes, Kayla's two and zero against Larissa Pacheco, but she Pacheco has got so much better, and so you know so is Kayla, but we haven't really seen it because. Of, the, sort of just how dominant she's been, but Pacheco's got so much better than the last two times that they fought. I'm I'm so excited for this one. I'm I'm pretty sure it's on channel. It'll be on Channel Four in the UK, but I'll have to I'll have to double check because yeah. wherever it is, I'm not missing this one.
0: Well, it's insane that any time, even if we had a male fighter in like a heavyweight class, and we get to say he has five consecutive first round knockouts, that's such a hype thing right there. Larissa Pacheco's coming in on five consecutive knockouts in the first round in women's lightweight. Come on. In her career, she's only lost to world champions. She has losses to Ma- Jir- no, why? Jermaine yeah. uh Jessica Andrade, and Kayla Harrison. Those That's are great it. fighters to be losing exactly. to. Like, and she, everyone else, Sarah Kaufman, all the other names that she's fought, Irene Aldana, she's knocking them out. Exactly. She's scary as hell. She's tough. This is a great fight right here.
1: I Did not realise she's only 28 as well. That is insane. Uh, You know, she's 22 professional fights, one exhibition on on tough. She's 28 years old. And like you say, she is... She's knocking girls. Irene O'Donnell knocked her out. Kyle Rosa submitted her. And then Sarah Kaufman, decision. But that, I mean, come on. Sarah Kaufman's one of the... the... She's an OG. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, she's a Mount Rushmore kind of of girl. (laughs) Yeah, but then you've got I, it's the fight, for me that that's the story going in. Can Kayla avoid the knockout blow of of Pacheco? Mm-hmm. She has done in their past two fights. She's going to have to be on the ball in this one. It's an of course I'm picking one. Kayla Harrison. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I'm a that. massive fanboy. <laughs> but it, it's principle <laughs> it, that it, we're not entering a Kayla Harrison fight like we did in London, thinking how long is it going to be until yeah. Kayla finishes her. This is. <laughs> there's a lot more questions around this one.
0: How about uh, the, the co-main is, is, a, is an interesting one. Cause I don't know entirely know what to pick. I want to pick Brendan Lockney over Bubba Jenkins, but I don't know if he has what it takes. Bubba Jenkins isn't messing around. He's got tons of power. He's a dangerous striker. Um, I don't know if Brendan Lockney can actually win this one.
1: It depends if I'm picking with my heart or with my head. I, think I know it's, it's a, it's a tough fight for, for Brendan, especially seeing, um, Bubba Jenkins' last fight against Kudo dominated him, you know, hit him hard, hit him heavy, got him to the floor, choked him out. Yeah, And he didn't even get him to the floor. He threw him. He, he picked him up and drops him to the floor. <laughs> and Kudo's no joke, you know. He's he's not yeah. an easy fight for anybody. Brendan's last fight against Chris Wade, you know, he defended the takedowns when he needed to. He had the crowd behind him because it was in London, obviously. Brendan's from Manchester. There's going to be a big English contingent out there, I believe, with Dakota Ditcher on the card, with obviously Brendan himself on the card. It's a it's a tough one for Brendan Lochneen.
0: Yeah.
1: However, you, you could pick him to win. You could. That's fine. It's a doubt. safe pick, but it's but like tough. I say, he's been training with Tiger Muay Thai, and I listened to you. T- t- this is a this is a, a crossover guy who was on National Talk Sport Radio on Saturday night. I was. You know, I was in the car on Saturday night, and, and Brendan Lochner was on on the radio talking about how he's he's uh, he's been training with Armin Sarukian a lot. Armin Sarukian will look to is a phenomenal wrestler. Brendan's obviously travelled to get the 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 training that he needs, the takedown defense that he needs. And let's not forget that he since 2017 he's lost one fight. It's a split decision to the eventual champion, the undefeated uh, PFR champion K. Bullev. Again, probably butchered yeah, that. You know, like he that. wasn't able to compete this year for, for reasons out of his control, I believe. But it's a tough one for Brandon. But if Brandon can win this, he becomes top five, top three, maybe pound for pound British fighters out there today. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, Le- so. Leon's of course number one. And then you know it's it's difficult outside of that to to pick one. Brendan's probably that guy. The PFL have invested heavily in Brendan. Let's not forget that he won and dominated his fight on the uh, contender series, but because he shot for a takedown in the, in the last few few seconds just to really cement that win, Dana yeah. didn't give him a, a contract. <sighs> I don't care what you say. Dana White is regretting that decision now, seeing yes. what a star Brendan has become in the PFL. In the PFL, imagine the star-making system. The UFC get the PFL. And look, let's say, let's say hypothetically, Brendan wins this weekend. He becomes a millionaire. He becomes a PFL champion. He gets so many more opportunities off the back of this. He, if he, if he's honest with himself, I kind of think that he'd be glad that he didn't get that UFC contract because there's no yes. way he's making the kind of money in the UFC that he's making in in the PFL. No. He's, if he, if he's on, if he gets into the UFC. He's fringe main card because they build their fighters so slowly. Brendan's he's had making, no choice. He's, he's, he's making had no 10 and 10. choice. He's still on exactly. 10
0: and 10 probably right now. Exactly. He's, he's all, had I'm no choice.
1: Good. You know, yeah. he, since the contender series, he beat Bill Algio in, in June of 2019. He's he's had he's seven wins and one loss, a split decision loss. Yeah. He, deep down, I think he's happy that he didn't get the contract it's on reflection. Yeah. Oh, and, absolutely. You know, personally, I hope he gets it done you know of course it's coming from a, a british bias sort of way uh, a british bias sort of way of thinking about Brandon potentially potentially lifting the belt and mm-hmm. it's just an exciting fight and it is I think that's a that,
0: well-matched fight that's a good one
1: without a doubt and you know these are the two get best guys at 145 this is the way this tournament works and it's not it's not that you know, or that you know, you've had a pull out and you've had to fill in on late notice. These are the two best guys at 145, and I'm, I'm excited for it.
0: Uh, uh, moving down to the tournament final for heavyweight, we have Ante Dalia versus Matthias Scheffel. What do you think of this one? What do you see in it?
1: I think that De- I think it's Dalia all day. Scheffel, obviously, I believe stepped yeah. in on late notice last time out. Um, yeah. They've already lost to each
0: other. Or he's already. Yeah. Ante's beat
1: him once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's he's coming a little... off a win against Juan Adams. It isn't exactly the best <laughs> prep. No offense to Juan Adams, but it's not. It's not the best prep <laughs> to be honest.
0: <laughs> I agree with you. Uh Let's go
1: on to the next one because heavyweight's heavyweight. Julia Bud, Aspen Ladd. Oh. Don't it's don't not like a the... tournament
0: final, but it's a good one.
1: No, I like the way that the PFL have done it because they've got obviously the undercard. They've then. Scattered a few few tournament finals. Then they've got this, the, the non-tournament final, as it were. I believe this one was meant to be, this fight, taking up the sort of splitting up the tournament finals was meant to be Marla Morais versus Shane Burgos. Obviously, Shane Burgos had to pull out gutted about that. Yeah, But, you know, it is what it is. So they have replaced that with a, a compelling fight. Aspen Ladd up at 145 again. Obviously, she, she lost to Norma De Montt last time out at 145, I believe. And Julia Budd, you know, she's coming off that last... She came off the loss to Cyborg in uh, in Bellator. She had two more Bellator fights, and she turned, then she signed for the PFL. We were thinking, is this finally going to be the girl that gives Kayla a bit of something? Yeah, you know, a bit yeah. of a bit of difficulty. She obviously then lost. Uh, she would have debuted. She she lost last time out um, against uh, Fabian. She was meant to fight Kayla. She had to pull out with an injury. But this is you know this is. The first women's featherweight uh, featherweight fight in PFL history, and you sure. know ahead of next season, we've got to ask ourselves the question: Is Kayla going to cut an extra ten pounds next season? We know that she's fighting for the PFL again next season, but is she going to cut the extra ten pounds, go down to one forty-five, and really make a, you know, look for a, potentially if she wins this weekend a quad, you know, getting four titles in a row? There's a great possibility, and Aspen Ladd and Julia Buddha sort of opening up the featherweight division four. For all the women at featherweight that that want to compete at featherweight that can't, because UFC and uh, Bellator's featherweight are pretty thin.
0: Yeah, it's it's actually two good names opening up the featherweight division. Uh, so hopefully there's there's more coming out. Uh, Stevie Ray versus Olivier, Olivier aubin Mercier in the final for lightweight. Uh, I do like Stevie Ray because not because he's Scottish, but because he's such an overachiever. He was. I was he say, did.
1: where do you side with this one, with the Scot or with the Canadian? In you, which which way? Are you? Yeah, <laughs> this, this, this one. Like I would say, with Brendan Lotte, uh, and I'm picking Brendan because he's English. How do you, pick? Where are you uh, starting with this one? It's a difficult one for you with your heart and your head and your current location, your former location. Yeah.
0: Thing is that I think Stevie Ray, like, I don't know how talented he is because he didn't even start in, in athletics. He was just like a guy who fought on the streets and then accidentally took up MMA. He doesn't even really like it all that much. This is what I mean of being like an overachiever. Uh, oh, uh, Olivier is such a hard worker in the gym, but just it seems like he's almost missing the key to be a really great fighter. I don't really know. I could see this one going either way. I think on paper Olivier should be the favorite, but honestly, I, I get the feeling Stevie Ray is going to submit him.
1: Yeah, it's a difficult one because, like you say, this—I don't, know. Slight... I don't know. hes a slight, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Olivier's a slight favorite, but Ray, you know, you can't take away from the fact he's coming off two wins against Anthony Pettis, that modified twister, and then I think it was a decision, was it okay. the, the uh, yeah decision in 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 August. You you can't take away from that, and uh, Abon Mercier is you know he's experienced against he's high experienced, level, but yeah. he's not. You know if you look at the guys that he's lost to, Alexander Hernandez isn't great. Yeah, Gilbert Burns obviously yeah. is a ground fighter, and so is Saruki. And I think if if Ray can get this to the floor, I think it could be dicey on the floor for Abubakar Mercier. But I know. you know for a fact that he's gonna he's gonna bring his A game. He's gonna bring the team for Azharabi and everyone. And uh, assuming that he, I'm assuming that he still turns out a tri star, I, I know that he did. I think so. He, in, you know he has he has a lot for most of his career, but mm-hmm. this one for me is one of the more compelling fights on the card. I th- of I don't know how it's going to go. With the other fights, you know, you've got an idea as to how it's going to play out, but it, with this one, it's, it's 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 a difficult one to to call and it's a difficult one to to predict as to like I say which. Who's going to get the hand Who's going to get the million dollars? Who's going to walk away with the, the 155 pound belt? But it's, yeah. a, it's a, a Tim Wheaton rivalry uh, fight which I'm more excited <laughs> about.
0: <laughs> uh, we have tournament final for a welterweight Delano Taylor versus Sadubu Sai from Sweden. I no clue. I don't
1: know. What do you think of this one? I mean, Taylor's got nothing to lose. Coming in against Roy McDonald on late notice and knocking him dead, sending him to retirement in that first round. I think <laughs> all the pressure's on Sai. And I think I think he's going to soak up that pressure, and I think he he, he might even—I don't know—an awful lot about Taylor, to be honest. You know, like I say, he's coming on late notice, coming off a loss, and finishes Roy McDonald. So he's—we've he, seen that—that that sniper-like straight down the pipe, and not McDonald out in Cardiff. I think Si's just going to have a little bit too much experience for him, and I think he's just a better—you know—he's he's long Si. I think he's what six foot two. I think. Six foot three with an eighty inch reach against Taylor who uh Our
0: welterweight is
1: so big. Well, I mean Taylor's six foot three, but he's he's got a seventy seven inch reach. But you know, I think maybe this opportunity has come slightly too too quickly for, for Taylor. So I, I am picking Sy si in that one, but like yeah. I say, Taylor's got nothing to lose. Taylor can just go out there for the first two rounds and just throw the kitchen sink at him and see see what happens. It's again, it's, it's one of those where I think is gonna win, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Taylor managed to knock him out.
0: And last tournament final, we have Omari Akhmedov versus Rob Wilkinson. What do you think? What do you see?
1: Wilkinson finishes him. If you look, as we were talking about the uh, uh, about Larissa Pacheco, you know Wilkinson. I, I mean, if you if you look at his UFC run, he, he's got two losses, including a loss to Israel Adesanya. But then since then, he's had two kickboxing fights, of which he both he won both a boxing yeah. fight in which he won, and he's also got five finishes in a row yeah, you know yeah, he's got a guillotine yeah. strikes Click. knees good. and punches punches knee you know this is a well-rounded mixed martial artist Rob Wilkinson in my opinion first second round and you know no disrespect to Ahmedov, because uh, Ahmed he's, he's again a good fighter with, yes, with of plenty of plenty of finishes plenty of high level experience you know he beat Ian Heinish, beat Tim Bosch draw with Marvin Vittori he's been in there with some some really good guys you know Lost to Chris Weidman when Weidman um, was you know on his comeback, but I just think Rob Wilkinson is in such a, a rich of form at the moment, and I, th- I think he gets it done. Second, third round KO, maybe.
0: No, nope, these are good picks for the BFL final. A couple more fights, and then we'll get you out of here. We have a Megomed Megomed versus Gleason T. Bow.
1: <laughs> I
0: just like Gleason. I'm,
1: I'm happy to see Gleason. I, mean, I, think I, saw just, some odds. I saw some odds. for this with T. being a, a huge, huge favorite. He shouldn't be a huge favourite. No, he 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 might not win. (laughs) I'd pick uh, Magomed Magomed in this one. But these names today are just doing us. It's it's worth remembering that uh, his his last win came against Delano Taylor, who is in the final. I know. Work that out. We've got obviously Marlon Marias, supposed to be fighting Shane Burgos, is fighting Shaman Marias at 135 now I thought the whole point of Milo Morales coming back is that he was going to fight at 145 against Shane Burgos now he's cutting an extra 10 pounds on fairly late notice I don't like that but that makes sense. make the catch weight at 140 but here's what it is. Jeremy Stevens versus Nathan Shorts. I was supposed to interview Jeremy Stevens this Friday it didn't quite come off unfortunately but I'm wondering how Jeremy Stevens' weight's going because last time out he had to shave his beard and shave his head just to make weight so it's yeah, I don't know. It about always this. gets dicey when you see a fighter, you know, have to quite literally lose their hair to uh, to make weight. That's tight. We've got Baggio Ali Walsh making, you know, his. Uh, I think it's his second PFL uh, appearance. Um, oh no, he's making his PFL debut. Obviously, I think he's the nephew of of of. Uh, uh, sorry, he's a grandson of Muhammad Ali um, fighting. Is he comp- really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. This is what the PFL do. They sign these guys that you've never really heard of, but who have got potential, you know. And he's fighting a guy who's making his debut. Who's... If you... I'm going to urge everyone now, don't go on Tom Gracia's topology page because that is one of the strangest fighter photos I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, that's a weird one. (laughs) You know, it is what it is. And of course, the main girl, Dakota Ditcheva, on this... I'm a little bit disappointed with her opponent, I'll be honest. 2-0, hasn't fought, you know. Dakota beats (sighs) her no problem here. Dominates her, you know. I'm not quite sure where, you know, Catherine Corriginus has has come out of the woodwork from. But I think, you know, Dakota's last opponent, in my opinion, Hasna Gaber, gave up in there. She, She got one knee to the stomach and didn't fancy it. Uh Dakota's getting this done. Jeremy obviously did the interview with her. I set managed to set that up for, for those guys. Mm-hmm. He did the interview with her on I think Friday night, Saturday morning is when I watched it. Really good interview if you haven't caught that. It's a, you know, she Dakota's a great interview, she's a great fighter. Mm-hmm. PfL are putting a lot of stock in Dakota Ditcher. For someone that's you know, she's she's only twenty four, she's kind of the the face of the female lower weight divisions in the PFL you know she's the first female to, to walk at flyweight she's having another flyweight bout obviously she fought in August now they're putting on the MSG card the big yep. end of the year show there's a reason that they're doing that it's because they've got a lot of faith in her and rightfully so she's 6-0 with 5 finishes you know an extensive Muay Thai uh, Thai kickboxing background an extensive yep. uh, you know she's got 3 three or 4 amateur fights under her belt. And she's like I say she's still only 24 she's undefeated and she's she's doing it right. Like we alluded to at the top of the show, she's trained at Manchester top team. She's gone yeah. over to ATT to get the sort of more elite training. You know, we've seen pictures of her with Joanny uh, and Jacek. We've seen pictures of her with uh, with some of the top, top girls in the UFC and top girls in Bellator. And obviously, it's a good atmosphere around ATT. You've got Dakota there and you've got um, Kayla Harrison training out of ATT. But, you know, all eyes on the PFL this weekend. We're going to be releasing plenty of content this weekend on uh, this week. Sorry, on the PFL. Don't yep. forget, it's a Friday night card. It is a pay per view in the US. I believe it's fifty dollars, which is seems like a lot, but you know, as we've just alluded to, there's plenty of close fights and there's plenty of names up and down the card. This is considerably stronger than a lot of the pay per view UFC cards, because so, you know you've got names up and down the card, and you've got six people, I believe, uh, six fights. Sorry. Yeah, six fights where a champion will be crowned and a million dollars will be given away, and you also get a performance from Wiz Khalifa, which is, is what <laughs> it is. You know. I don't quite get that, but it's a very Super Bowl esque. But you know, it they want to do that and charge you fifty dollars for it, they'll do that and charge you fifty dollars. It kind of is what it is. But you know, that, if if you're not tuning in for any of the fights, Wiz Khalifa's given you a little uh, performance probably halfway through. So it's it's interesting.
0: All right, good stuff. We got PFL, we covered Bellator, we talked one, we cut, talked to UFC even though there was nothing. We were scraping the bottom of the barrel with that UFC card. There's nothing more we could cover this week. We got exactly. it all done. We Fraser, got it all
1: done.
0: Uh, links will be down below for articles and author links, all that good, good stuff. Uh, thanks for your time, Fraser.
1: Nice one, mate. Yeah, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so if you uh, don't want don't to wanna see our faces, which I can't blame you on a quite right. cold Tuesday morning, I'll... Uh, I'll I'll make sure to post the the Spotify links on the MMA Soccer website, uh, Twitter and stuff, and keep an eye on the the MMA Soccer Twitter because Tim broke a really interesting piece about um, Alistair Overeem, which got plenty of, plenty of clicks yesterday. So uh, I thought we were going to talk you... about
0: it. We we ran out of time. We exactly. did out of Overeem time. Thing.
1: But we'll uh, that's how I'm, we'll, we'll, like... we'll, we'll tease you with it there. Head over to the MMA Soccer YouTube at uh, Twitter or Tim's Twitter. Tim will drop the links in the the video description. I retweeted it on the MMA soccer. You might not know the... what it's about yet, but you know, go over and, and click the link because it's a it's an interesting one.
0: Well, that's because him popping is barely a top five headline in this day and age. Yeah, we exactly. all knew it was going to happen.
1: You, you can't go from uh, from looking like you did in your last UFC <laughs> fight to looking like an absolute Adonis in your in your first first sort of fight back with glory, but. We have questions. You know, the uh, <laughs> classic I'm not surprised comes yeah. to mind. Nate Diaz <laughs> still raining true today as he did uh, all those years ago against McGregor and uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been popping for, for a PED. I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: a, it is what it is. All right, let's get out of here. Fraser, thanks so much.
1: Thanks, mate.